Welcome to Treasures from the Bible. In today's program, some of the children visit the famous White Sulphur Springs Resort in New Garden, Ohio. And in our Bible study, we'll be learning about the trials of Job. For roughly 30 years in the mid-19th century, a healing spa thrived in the New Garden River Valley of New Garden, Ohio. The spring itself, which poured forth at the constant 52 degrees Fahrenheit, was housed in a marble bathhouse. The White Sulphur Spring was as much a vacation resort as it was a nursing home. Healthy people, or those with minor problems, often spent leisure time on the scenic banks of the Scioto River. Or soaking in a bathhouse that must have really smelled like raw eggs. There was a stable and riding paths, a lake equipped with rowboats, and a park dotted with gazebos. Someone's following us in that canoe, and they're catching up to us. Oh no, what are we going to do? Wake up, Esther. Wake up, you're having a nightmare. Oh no, I'm all wet. Sarah, what did you splash on me? Oh, it smells terrible, like like rotten eggs. Oh, I feel <laughs> sick. Esther, it's the water from the White Sulphur Spring. I can't believe you doze off on such a nice day. I was so tired after that long hike to get here. We must have walked for about five miles. I guess it's a pretty long hike for you, Esther. Where are you going, Yemaya? See what that sign says over there. Young Rutherford B. Hayes, who later became the 19th President of the United States, met a girl named Lucy Ware Webb at the White Sulphur Springs Resort in 1846. He described her in a letter to his mother. A bright, sunny-hearted little girl, not quite old enough to fall in love with. And so I didn't. But he did. And six years later, they were married. Sarah, I've put some sea salt in your bath. Thanks, Grandma. Nimai said that's how the White Sulphur Springs got started. Two men were digging for salt and water sprang up instead. Yes, Sarah. It made a man by the name of Nathaniel Hart rich and famous, around the time when the town of New Garden was founded. I couldn't help overhearing some of you talking about the White Sulphur Spring and rotten eggs. I was reading today about something rotten that Job's wife said in Job 2.9. Then said his wife unto him, 
Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Mr. Gunther, why does she tell him that? Well, Jonah, God had allowed Mr. and Mrs. Job to go through three extremely difficult trials. What were they, Mr. Gunther? First, they lost most of their possessions. Then, all of their ten children were killed on the same day. And finally, Job lost his health. And that's why Job's wife said what she did. Did he curse God and then die, Mr. Gunther? No, Lydia. Thankfully, he did not. But God caused him to make this wonderful statement to his wife in Job 2.10. Would you like to read that, Jonah? Yes, Job 2 verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Grandpa, what is that verse talking about? That's a good question, Sarah. Job is explaining to his wife that she is speaking as a foolish person. What's a foolish person, Mr. Gunther? Usually... When the Bible speaks about a foolish person, Jonah, it is talking about someone that is not a child of God. What's a child of God, Mr. Gunther? A child of God is what each Christian is, Jonah, someone whose sins God has forgiven before he had even created this beautiful world that we live in. At some point during their lifetime, either as a baby or a young person like you, Jonah, or a teenager, or somebody older like your parents. Sometimes it happens when a person is very old. God gives them eternal life in their soul, and they become part of the kingdom of God. Grandpa, you didn't answer the rest of my question in Job 2, verse 10. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. Thanks for reminding me, Sarah. Job is telling his wife that in this life we receive many blessings from God on a daily basis, both spiritually as well as physically. Can each of you think of some? Uh, hmm. Let's see. The Bible. God has given us his word. Also, our family. Dad and mom, brothers and sisters. And friends. And food. Pets too. A home to live in. What about serving the Lord? Yes, Esther. It is a great joy and honor to serve the Lord. Let's not forget that God gives us good health as well. Yes, we are to be thankful for the health and strength that God gives us each and every day. But there is something else that we are to be thankful for. When God brings sickness or tragedy into our lives, or even death, as in the case of Job, notice what Job did when he found out that he had lost much of his wealth, along with the deaths of his seven sons and three daughters, in Job 1, 20-21. Can you read that for us, Jacob? All right. Job 1, verse 20-21. Then Job arose and rent 
his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and said, And naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the kind of attitude and faith that a true believer displays when tragedy strikes. And of course, it's only by God's grace. Didn't Job have three friends, Mr. Gunther? Yes, Lydia. And in Job 2.11, we are introduced to them. Later, his three friends were joined by another man, Elihu. His three friends came to comfort him, as we read in Job 2. 11 through 13. Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off, and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept. And they rent everyone his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. I know what Job 15:14 says, Grandpa. Would you like to read that for all the boys and girls that are listening at home? All right, Job 15:14. What is man that he should be clean? And he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous. Remember, Grandpa, that verse was on my birth announcement. Yes, I certainly do remember that, Sarah. What is Sarah's boss talking about, Mr. Gunther? Well, Lydia, God is teaching us that we have a really big problem, like a sickness for which there is no cure. It is our sin, and eventually it will lead to our death, and we will be completely destroyed only if God in his mercy has chosen us to be one of his children before the foundation of the world, can we have hope. Jacob, can you read Romans 5, 1 through 5? Yes. Romans 5, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. With that beautiful passage in mind, Mrs. Gunther will read the words to this beautiful hymn about the love of God and how death and judgment resulted from Adam's sin and how Christ paid for the sins of all the elect and was annihilated and then rose again before the foundation of the world. The love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair 
bowed down with care, God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. When years of time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure all measureless and strong, redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints' and angels' song. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Well, boys and girls, it looks like we've come to the end of another one of our programs. Today's program is entitled A Visit to White Sofa Speeds. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next week when we learn something new from the Bible. Bye.